Welcome to Humanize IT, where technology experts meet to discuss business strategy, industry trends, how we can make IT more personal with conversations, not presentations, and occasionally engage in a laugh or two. So, so last episode, we got, uh, we got psychoanalyzed by Kyle. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I talk about cortisol responses a lot. I have uh, foster children. as uh, I adopted four kids. Oh. And you learn you. a stupid amount about um, cortisone responses and how it affects the brain of the early child. And then how you carry that with you the rest of your life. And each one of us has our own trauma. And, you know, how does that cortisol response affect your decisions today? Like, I'm a, I'm a fighter. I am not a runner. I know this about myself. I am the guy who will die if the, if the bear is chasing us. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm always going to think, okay, I can do this. <laughs> Everybody oh, yeah. else well, is fleeing for their lives. I'm, I'm the lunch. <laughs> and I'm assuming you're probably also the same person that would argue their point, even though they know they're wrong, just because you need to win. That's the way it used to be. Um, and anybody who Especially knows when you're younger, me right? knows that is how I, I have gone through a lot of self-actualization. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that part of me is still in the back that I want to have that last word. I, mm -hmm. I want to, uh, the person must understand my point. If they don't agree with me, they must not understand. I'm no longer that person. Oh, there, he's in me. Uh, this not as prominent. I am now okay with not being right. I'm okay with not somebody not understanding my perspective. And so I'm more interested today in understanding somebody else's perspective because I can't, I can't force my perspective on somebody. What I can do is learn what is Kyle's perspective and ingest that. Well, it's way to because challenge. We do yourself, know psychologically yeah. that people, when they when they come up with confrontation, they just dig in. No matter how dumb the idea is, if somebody confronts you on it, you'll dig in. Which, full circle, they probably have a higher level of cortisone adaptability and capacity. They're more comfortable in those moments. Or it, it, it honestly, there's another effect to it too, which is. I don't generate cortisone in things that are so stressful anymore because it's now become more numbing to me. And being that it's more numbing, I don't react to it in a way that generates cortisone. Uh, I was talking yesterday with a very successful CEO of a very large organization. Like we're talking, I could only dream of building a company this large. And, and he, him and I were talking and he mentioned to me, he hates scaling a business because it's so stressful. And I laughed because, I, I mean, I fucking love when businesses are scaling fast. I mean, that's the whole reason I got into coaching businesses to hit their goals because to me, I get so comfortable in that. Now, this is similar to what happens with some drug addicts, actually. You, you, you start to get numb to those levels. So the only way I can feel like I'm being challenged is by having more challenging scenarios. Mm hmm so I, I think that's where now you have a level of perspective from a biological perspective to understand what makes some people so good at this versus so good at that is I'm a lot more prone to risk now because oh, yeah. I know that, right, there's a level that I can push things to and keep some calm. Yeah, when I think about the risks I take now, just like casually terrified me five years ago. Like I think like loans or uh, debt leverage or things like that. When you go in like, oh, uh, somebody's willing to lend me this much money. Sure. But before I was like, 
moment a fraction. You know, like you're looking at like I'm, you know, I'm looking at hundred thousand dollars, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to pay this back? This is going to ruin me. And then nowadays, I'm like, I'll I'll leverage a hundred thousand dollars without even blinking. Like it's it's nothing. It, it, that well, is that is a Tuesday in my life. That's and, an interesting you know, idea. Versus the way. ten years ago, five years ago, that was a lot of money. Remember when I bought my first house? This is going to make a lot of you city kids angry. Um, my first house I bought for ninety six thousand dollars. There's a four bedroom on a third of an acre in town. Um, beautiful house, ninety six thousand dollars. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so much money. What if things go wrong? <laughs> you know, so a hundred thousand dollars scared the bejesus out of me, and I had an asset tied to that. Today I'll spend a hundred thousand dollars that I don't have an asset tied to because I know <laughs> that my growth projections are going to match that easily. My ROI is going to be there. I've got all calculations and I'm like, I need more. I need more. You know, I'm like, okay, how do I leverage a million dollars now? How do I leverage $10 million now? And I would have never been able to dream that big, you know, 10 years ago. Well, and that that's an interesting example too, because not only are you going against your own ability to take risks, you're now adding a different variable, which is the zeitgeist, the communal aspect, which is people when we were growing up, right, everyone talked about we're debt-free, we're debt-free, we're debt-free. Debt is a bad thing. It's bad, 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 bad. So you're going against now this common concept that we've been taught from a real young age, which is do not use debt. Debt is bad. Yet it's also the only way for you to be successful. So there's like this engineering almost, you could put a tinfoil hat on that you wanted, right, to where you we don't want you to leverage debt because we don't want you to be successful. Or I'm going to handcuff you now and make you work really freaking hard to stay truly debt-free, which means I can't take bigger risks because I can't spend more money. And and there's some fun concepts out there too, which is, you know, especially here in the States, debt is tax-free. You make more money off of debt because I don't have to pay taxes on it than you do with positive cash flow or profitability. So there's all these little cool economic things. And this is where I get obsessed with really figuring out business strategies is, is there ways that I can go against the grain and then go against the current to leverage my business and to take bigger risks and take swing for the fences to capture more of the market, grow faster, right? And like we go in full circle, but I've also conditioned myself at this point to take more risks, to handle more cortisone or stay calm in some of these instances. So I want to go back to a concept we talked about last episode and it's like, how do we consume cortisol to leverage our businesses, to find appropriate and define appropriate levels of success rather than being paralyzed of, I can't do this, um, or taking too much risk and becoming in your example, Icarus. Yes. Where we, 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 we grew in a way that was super unhealthy and did something really stupid because we were numb to the warning signs. You become, right? and that's what, that's a fun paradigm, right? Because there's two audiences for this question. There are those that have become too numb to risk and they're taking way too much leverages and they're, 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 right, they're at the poker table and they just keep going for more and more and more and eventually there will be failure, right? It's just a law of averages mm-hmm. at that point. But then there's the other side of the fence where I'm just going to sit there, continue to get ran over because I'm laying in the middle of the street and get myself beat up and I'm just not, I have no motivation to push myself forward. That's where I wrote an article, right? I I wrote an article years ago uh, or last year, actually, 
that everyone's talking about imposter syndrome, but there's also Icarus syndrome. I actually based the mascot of K7 off of Icarus syndrome because if I'm going to help companies grow super fast, we also need to be cognizant that there are upper limits. Yes. Right. We got to keep them in the lanes. It's a cautionary tale, bullet with bumpers, really. So going into this question, right, the, the honest question of how do we start to avoid it, cortisol is going to happen whether we, we want to or not. It's going, there's going to be stress. There's going to be anxiety. So what we need to do, not recognizing that this is going to happen when we're building our business strategies, is we need to build a system to where we can limit cortisol or stress or anxiety as much as we can with how we engineer our business. Now, what does that look like? So a couple of things that we have to make the assumption for, which is we've picked our goal for the business and we've picked our goal for ourselves. We know how much money and how much time I want for myself. We know what size of business that I need to grow to top line and bottom line to sustain that growth. And then we know, like you mentioned with Apple, what is our undeniable truth and the one goal that for our organization that we are going to march to that is outside of those revenues and profitabilities. So those are the three things that we need to just assume that we've developed which I guess in turn, right, we could say that that's the three things you really need to come up with to start this process of limiting our stress. Now, in that, we have now a definition of what is peak success? What is our ambitious goal? There was an article, by the way, a quick antidote that MIT released in 2018, where they said smart goals are dead, which smart being strategic, measurable, attainable, relatable, and time-based, because what they found was people were making smart goals for things that weren't ambitious, which actually demoralized employees. You need ambition. Yeah. So MIT came up with a acronym called FAST, which is frequently reviewed, um, ambitious, uh, stri uh, strategic, and time-based. So they added the ambitious part to it. Mm -hmm. So, right, we have an ambitious growth plan. That, that's kind of the first goal. The second there is I need to build mechanisms in a couple different ways to allow myself to appreciate the progress that we're making and not move that goalpost. And this is where we go back to last, our last show where we talked about comps, right? I can't, if I say my goal, let's just use an arbitrary number, $10 million with 20% net profit. Okay, that's, that's the pinnacle of my business. I cannot allow a single Reddit post or peer group meeting or conference that I go to to move that to 15 million. Because what's going to happen, right? You're moving it just because of a comparative analysis or the, the zeitgeist telling you you should be bigger. Yeah. Even though we've decided personally, this is what I need and this is how the business is going to support me for it. You can't allow that goalpost to move. Because then you're going to look up that mountain and go, that mountain just got way fucking bigger. That's going to defeat you and that's going to create more stress. So, right, we, we, we got to be confident. This is what we're freaking accomplishing. Yep. I'm a huge fan of the iterative process. Yeah. What's my next step? And well, the once we know there. the top of the mountain, right, now we could say, what path am I taking? How long are yep. we giving ourselves to do it? What yep. type of gear do we need? Where do we make camp? Where do we, like, like all of those things now, how do we acclimate? What do we need to train for? What do we need to, you know, all of these things now work themselves backwards, right? If we use this kind of climbing the mountain type uh, illustration to where now we can go, okay, now let's reverse engineer what it will take from our goal all the way down to the base of the mountain. Yeah. 
But I think the important part of that analogy, so that people don't get stuck on this, and Kyle will get around to this eventually, but is <laughs> um, if you're while you're climbing the mountain, you turn around that corner, and part of your fast analogy is assess. Like you look over and you see a better mountain. You're like, wait a minute, that's super achievable. We're all we have all the gear we need. We could get to that. And you look at the mountain you're looking on. And you're like, wait a minute, which mountain should I go on? That a stop and assessing at that base camp right there, saying, which direction should I go? Should we turn slightly left and head to this and head to the second mountain that has a much better peak and a much better view than the one we're currently on? And I think because I think so many people get focused on that one goal. They forget that there is a journey here and you learn on the journey. Don't let your journey be defined by your dumb past self. Well, don't be dumb defined by your past perspective, but there is, there is, you have to be careful with that advice. Yes. And I would challenge you with that because there is a level to where that can actually create additional stressors, not just for you, but the team that is climbing the mountain with you because they were not prepared for that next mountain. Mm hmm. So, right, you can't just say that when you're scaling a business, it's not just your cortisol levels, it's the cortisol levels of your entire team. It's yes. the guy carrying the backpack. It's the guy that's 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 screwing the hooks into the rock, right? Like th there's support systems that literally are hinging off of the top of the mountain in the, the route that you're choosing, yep. right? And in some cases, and I've worked with some of these businesses, they decide that they have to walk back down to the base of the mountain, hop in a car, drive to the next mountain, go resupply for that next climb. So you literally got up half the mountain, wasted all this time and effort, and never even hit the peak of the mountain. Yep. That's and I think it's all part of a healthy assessment, which is where I'm, I'll put a shameless plug in for, for Kyle here. Like This is where a business coach helps you have a healthy assessment. Because I've also watched people like are halfway up through the mountain, and that lead suddenly decides without anybody's input, wow, I want to be over there. That's a cool flower. And like in the moment, they pivot and they switch over to a new path and all of a sudden everybody behind them is going wait a minute wait a minute we have our anchors right here now where are we going exactly what you just said and so yeah, you, having you an never appropriate have assessment of somebody saying that's a pretty flower but if you want to get there you're going to crash and you're going to risk a lot how about we continue oh, the path on on the way. smarter to stay this way someone might die on the way down to the mountain yep right and that's where you, we talk about roi I see so, the quick tangent though. I, I see so many people wanting to change their RMM, change their PSA, right? Basically that's go buy a new shovel, go buy some new rope, go do like all these things. It's like, okay, so I have to go back down the mountain, get my whole team learning how to use that new shovel. Then I got to climb back up the mountain and hope that that new shovel makes me faster. It, that, that that's literally make, make the, no the, notation for those of you who studied your your uh your efficiency algorithms back in uh college oh i have a calculator on the true cost of switching psas and rmms where literally it comes out to like three four hundred hours and I'm, i have to look at my clients and be like is do you really want to spend this money to move your tool or do you just want did, to get better at what you're using did you ever study algorithm analysis there's an entire area and you can google this later it's called big o notation big e-o-h notation and it's it's the concept of the overhead to do a task is sometimes worth doing and sometimes not. So if you're going to sort a series of books on a shelf, you know, just if it's 10 books, just go up there and like order them. 
you know, just, just flip them around. But if you're going to, if you're going to reorder a library, you need to stop, hire a bunch of people, figure out what kind of skill sets you need, figure out the, what system you're going to use. And it's going to take you six months to a year to get ready to do this thing. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to do that same process for a single bookshelf. So no. you have to sit down with somebody who understands scoping and who has that wisdom, who can help you scope that out. Otherwise, your fear is going to say, oh, I'll just start with this shelf and I'll start going. And it's been six years. And had you spent the time ahead to plan, you could have been done in, you know, 18 months. And well, it, those it's are hard questions. Those are not, there's no, you can't go into a Reddit forum and get that answer. It's like, what should your price point be? You can't go to a Reddit forum and get that answer. Well, you have I, to pay I love your the dues. ones. What, what should my margin be? Well, what are your costs? What are your goals? How much are you investing into sales and marketing, right? There, there's always that, that, that the, there's never the preceding information to help you decide what that would be best for you. And going kind of back into the library analysis, it's funny, another hopeless plug for kind of what I do. A lot of my clients call me their chief reminder officer because after we pick the strategy, I'm the guy that literally just goes, uh-uh, this is what we said we're going to do. And they go, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, because Chief there's something with Chief accountability officer. Right. It's an accountability officer because at that core, we are technologists, right? We, we like fixing computers. And other than just wanting to try a new toy, in our head, we've already bought that new toy. So yep. we are going to do everything in our power from a confirmation bias perspective to justify why switching my PSA or RMM is so important. I so mean, it's a shiny today, object. Think about how many times that today people pivot just because they got a bright idea. Like we, as you said, they go on, they went to Reddit, they went into a forum and somebody mentioned something that's a really good idea, but it's a good idea for later. But instead you go, oh my gosh, I do need it. I need, I do need to switch from LastPass. They got hacked. I should do that right now. That's something I need to do right now. It's very important. Like, you know what? How about you take a spot and think, what were you supposed to be doing today? What were you supposed to be doing this month? Is the, and that is all, the by the way, that, that's, that all really goes into this cortisone conversation Yep. because you are allowing yourself now to create more stress for yourself that detracts you from your overall goal because you now are finding a way to immediately self-gratify to try to minimize through what you are skilled at as a technologist, as an IT professional. And that is where you're comfortable. So of course, that's going to be the, that's, that's the cookie. That's the shiny object. I want my dessert before I eat my dinner. So I... I tell people like one of my favorite pieces of advice is somebody says, Hey, what's your favorite piece of advice for, uh, for a business? I guess run the called play, but at the same time, um, it's your vision should allow you to say no. If your vision statement doesn't allow you to say no, then it's not helping you stay on course because you'll say yes to everything. So I look at, I look at humanized IT and I think, what are we? We are here to facilitate conversations between technical professionals and C-level executives. If it does not fit that scope, we drop it. It may be a great idea. And as an entrepreneur, you have a million great ideas. You only have time to act on a few. Mm -hmm. And so by having that vision set, having better conversations between executives and technical professionals, I can now say, I am not an asset management software even though it'd be really cool to do. I am not a ticketing software, even though it'd be really cool and it'd be a fun project to work on. There are other people solving that problem really well. 
and let them do it. And I will offload to those things and I will continue focusing on my goal. Now, as a, as a business professional, you want to make money. How are you going to make money? You're going to make money by doing what? And how do you stay focused on that? I want to focus on my mountain. And if something's going to switch me from this mountain, I'm lazy. I really don't want to go back down and pivot around. No, because it costs you money out of your but own someone, pocket. But I would need, if somebody flew up to me in a helicopter and said, hey, Adam, um, if you continue going up this mountain, there are 16 avalanche uh, paths right in front of your way. You're going to die and your team's going to die. I'll look back at the helicopter and go, thanks, man. <laughs> and we start backtracking yep. because, and, and that's kind of where your business coach or your outside perspective comes in. Yes. Somebody's going to say, if you continue this route, an avalanche is going to get you. You need to turn back. You need or you're to out of supplies, going right? To your, your backpack has no more food in it. Yeah. Which is profit in some cases. And kind of, you know, well, then how does this all play, right? People are listening to this right now, probably going, well, they haven't given me one way to answer this, right? There's yeah. no, there's no discipline other than, what do I do? Other than hire Kyle, right? This is just a big commercial for this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think really, right, kind of keeping this discipline, a lot of this is intentional thought. And, and right, I've, I've been saying a lot this year that there's two concepts that I'm hyper focused on this year. One is intention. Everything needs to have a reason and has to be thought through, which means slow, methodical analysis. But two, having discipline. And I think that is that discipline to not going down the mountain and back up another mountain. It is the discipline to, yes, I really need to hyper-focus on this goal. And I do need to say no when some provider calls me up and says, do you want to buy my endpoint? Do you want to buy my cybersecurity tool? Do you, I think you should be selling this service to your clients. No, I don't because I have a process in my own organic growth in order to achieve my goal based off of the strategy we created. Because I do not want to take on another level of stress and anxiety and cost because that now gets me away from even my own personal goals now. That personal mountain I'm climbing is now in jeopardy. And that's your big motivator, right? The, the big motivator for you as an owner, as an entrepreneur, as, a, as an operator, is I got to get to this level that gets me paid. And we can't dance around that. I think we're afraid to talk about money too often as MSP owners because you go on, again, going on to the zeitgeist, right? Everyone thinks that everyone's trying to get the man's trying to get us. Now, back into practicality, right? We, we know where the mountain is. We know where I'm going to end up when I get to the top of the mountain. We, we understand that, that now I need to pick a path on how I'm going to get up that mountain. So, right, that, that kind of starts to create, right, if we think from a, a fiscal perspective, it, that 10 million at 20% means that I need to be halfway up the mountain is 5 million at 10%. Let's just use easy math which means that wherever I start from might be two and a half, three, three million at, at 6%. And right, some mountains go up and down. Some have valleys where I'm going to have to oh, go yeah. down in elevation. Maybe I have to have a year where I'm less profitable or no profit because I need to do an investment because the mountain gets a lot steeper. And now I got to have people scaling the mountain with ropes and hooks. So, right, you, you start to build out this, this fiscal forecast over the next three, five, seven years, however long it takes, which now, right, we're decreasing cortisone because now I know how much I need to achieve. I don't need to guess what I need to achieve. And then you go one step further. Can I break it out quarter by quarter? 
Now, obviously, this isn't just fiscally responsible. This is to the point where I also need to understand what operationally, where do I need to go work out? Where do I need to get smarter? Where do I need to get better tools, right? There is some aspect of sometimes the tool just doesn't cut it. There is sometimes I need to go buy tools that I just don't have, period, at all. And now all of a sudden, I'm creating expectations for myself and simplifying it to a point of just checking boxes. Get that done, get that done, get that done, get that done. And predictability in what your day, year, month, quarter are going to look like immediately drastically decreases your levels of cortisol because you know what to expect. The line isn't popping out of the bush. So now when I get something like, oh my God, last pass gets hacked, I'm already at even keel level to think about things because my business isn't running me. It's not operating me. So I have the ability to look at that, slow down and go, hmm, well, how many of our clients are on LastPass? Three? Oh, only three out of 200? Who gives a shit? Yeah, let's just, someone go, someone go deal with that. Yep. Um, a lot of my clients, I, I make them operate in an instance of we fix problems with who, not how. Whose eyes will you look into? Yeah, it's who is going to fix this? Who is going to come up with a process for this? Who is going, who am I going to hold accountable for knocking this out? I shouldn't sit there and talk about how it is going to be done. Right. Yeah. And that's another way to decrease cortisol because not only fixing things with the money my company is making with the people that are hiring, right? Freedom of cash leads to freedom of time. So we're going right back to that concept to again decrease your stress levels because now not only do I have predictability, I now have accountability into someone else will have to deal with that stress, not me. Yeah. And I think, I think you're hitting on that core of like what I hate about the state of QBRs today is they become so how oriented that a engineer walks into what they're, they, they know they're supposed to do a QBR. So, so they want to meet with their client quarterly to talk about stuff. And invariably what they talk about is asset management. They talk about how they accomplished which ticket which ticket they need to accomplish next and how they're going to swap out PCs and assets over the next year or the next quarter. And that becomes the core. And instead they should be saying what you're talking about, who? Okay, so who do I need to talk to over this next quarter to understand how things are running? Who is going to be responsible for reaching out to the accounting division to make sure the new time system is in place? Who is going to, so delegation in these meetings, when you walk away from the meeting, you have a list of action items of who do I need to talk to next? And well, what are they going to do? Then of we decide how outside, let the individual outside the meeting figure out how in the meeting, figure out who's responsible for each. And that's how you do leadership people. That's the difference between leadership and operations. Operations is focused on how do we deliver something? Leadership is focused on who is doing it. Well, beyond that too, it's again, poor planning because <clears throat> whenever I see VCIO work or I'm going to put this in air quotes because I don't even like calling it VCIO. Most of the time it's account management. There you it, go. It, it's, I suck at new sales. I do not have quotas for my organization because I do not have a top of the mountain defined. Therefore, the only way that I can improve finances in my brain is to take my current client base and force them to buy more, increase the lifetime value of each client. However, nine times out of 10, if they're already on a managed service agreement, you are selling them products that have less profitability and margin 
than your managed services. Therefore, right, I'm selling things like 365 and hardware and all these other things that the people tell me, which now erodes my total gross margin from a blended perspective. Right? And now we're sitting there not only pissing off the client trying to force sell them things, I'm eroding my own margin to where now I need to sell more lower line products and lower margin SKUs to try to make profit dollars, which because is now then, taking me further from my mountain. Because then we're into something we haven't mentioned yet. Um, we're in the dopamine game. And that's because you have been, you, you're sitting with, you're sitting here fear. And the answer to, to, to cortisol is dopamine. And this mm -hmm. is super toxic because you get into the game of these little tiny margins in these quick wins. It's the same reason kids watch these stupid videos that are 10 seconds long and they do it for <laughs> hours. Dopamine oh, that the drip table. is coming in and hitting you. And so selling assets and getting these tiny little margins is making you feel great moment by moment. And if you sell it faster, that dopamine starts getting rising up and that cortisone is no longer bothering you because you're selling and selling and selling. And at the end of the year, you get a massive cortisone crash because your, mar your, your year, you worked your butt off and your margins are sitting there at like 2%. Yeah, because you define like, what I just worked my butt off for what? And you then all, it all gets wiped away by churn and it gets wiped away by inflation. And when you should have been spit, sitting there going, okay, step back. What am I afraid of? How do I get to this bigger level? Where's my mountaintop? And if you can't define your own mountaintop, you have to have somebody who can help you see the mountaintop. And, you know, that can be a mentor, can be a business advisor or somebody like that, but gets you out of that. So you can focus on fear and using the fear to overcome. So like right now I'm running a software company. I've never run one before. It's a new experience for me. I'm here two years in. We, we leveraged an, an incredible amount of uh, resources to revamp this entire platform because we had a vision of where we wanted to be. Now, if I wanted to go with the dopamine drip, I could have kept selling licenses. But instead, we saw something that could have been delivered that was bigger and better and would help benefit the entire industry. And we focused on that. And now we are at the end of that. And now I'm getting this big like, okay, did we do the right thing? It's time to find out. And so and I, have a tool, I, could I have a cool have, tool for that. Yeah. I got a cool little one that everyone can do. You guys can have it for free. This is out of Kyle's toolbox. Well, to wrap because, up here in a minute, but yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, go with no, Kyle's Let me finish here. with that. Because there's a, there's a you op, dopamine needs to be defined. Success has to be defined. It's not number of quotes signed, right? It's the number of revenue added, attributed, number of profitability dollars attributed. But here's the yep. tool. When you're thinking of success, A, M, B, always measure backwards. If you want to be proud of what you have built and you want that ability to go man, look at all we've achieved and to decrease those levels of cortisone. Do not look at success and go, man, we have a long fucking way to go. That's going to demotivate you like a motherfucker. Your team is just going to go, really? We got to keep working. We got to keep working. If you measure backwards, you're going to go, holy shit, we've come up. Look at how fucking high up the mountain we've gotten, guys. Yeah. Holy shit, our profitability has literally gone from this to that. It gives you a different perspective because now you're looking at everything you've accomplished yep. and not the everything I still need to do. And there's a cool exercise for this, not beyond always measure backwards, but 
Every night, give yourself permission to close your day. And to close your day, there's an exercise to measure backwards where I want you to write down three, only three, not more than three, not less than three, three of the top wins of your day. What are the top three things that you finished that literally changed the status of the company? And then only three, not less than, not more than, the three things that you want to accomplish tomorrow. If you can only finish three things, what do you need to do? And the big reason why is only three, not 23, is 80% of your productivity comes from 20% of your activities. Those three things will probably be in that 20%, which will allow you to feel fulfilled because measuring backwards, I got the three most important things done today that drove my company forward. I, I laugh because I, I wrote an article for the Huffington Post back in 2011, I think okay. it was, on um, the best thing to do for your marriage. And the huh. night we're talking about the three best parts of your day. So you're sitting there laying in your bed with your, with your significant other, and you're like, tell me about the three best things of your day. And there are always three, at mm -hmm. least three. Sometimes the best thing on your day is you're finally in bed. But <laughs> the, the idea is being you're finishing your day with a positive note. And no matter how crappy the day was in my marriage, I've been married for 17 years now. Um, you can always find three things. And then Some people, it helps the to write other it down thing too. is, can you, what is one thing I can do to make your day better? And it, it can be something simple. And you run your businesses the same way. Think about what are the, so we start every meeting we have, we have a weekly leadership meeting. We think, what was the best part of your past week? Our segue is always the best part of your last week. So highlights, um, uh, I think in EOS, they call them, uh, can't remember. Segways. Anyways, yeah, in the segue, but then there's then there's the highlights or the the banners, the headlines for the week. Um, and the idea is is you gotta celebrate those little successes. Hey, we got that we got that chisel put into that wall. We we anchored that point. We we made a way. It's really easy to get lost in churn. It's really easy to get lost with oh, we're inching forward, but it's just taking forever. So you know, digesting the cortisone. I think is is my key takeaway from what you said so far is digesting that and owning it so that you can move forward in a healthy way and having deliberate practices throughout your day that allow you to move forward. Um, and I, th I think that is how you find success. But, you know, I'll, I'll add my own little flavor on the end here. It's like measure your success by things that matter. So that you can look back and you can see those, those don't find a KPI just to have a KPI, find something that is moving you towards your goal. And when this barometer goes up, you know, you're, you're getting there so that you're, you're, you can, you can define your success, not by how many widgets you sold this week, but by, did you move the meter forward? Final thoughts. I love it, man. I mean, for me, if anyone wants any help or wants to kind of see, I have some free tools I can give anybody. Uh, reach out to me, k7leadership.com, Kyle Christensen on LinkedIn, pretty easy to find me. I can give you some templates and some forms to fill out to make this a lot easier. Uh, you know, a lot of us IT people want the tactical. So I have some project management forms to kind of help outline the business models. 
Uh, but other than that, man, I appreciate you having me on. This was a lot of fun. No problem. And we'll see you at MSP Geek. I'm going to try to get there. Yeah, MSP full. Geek Con. Um, I'll be at Right of Boom as well. Uh, probably speaking at IT Nation again. Um, but yeah, uh, it'll be a fun event. It's for techs, by techs, with techs. Yep. I'm all about those places. Thank you very much, Kyle. We'll see you later. All right. Thank you for joining us today. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, comment, and check out our Facebook page. Also encourage others who want to see IT transform to subscribe as well. We could always use your help.